see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to part three of a special six-part sustainability series of Unpacked with Packaging World editors Anne-Marie Moen and Matt Reynolds. As always, I'm your host, Sean Riley, and today the three of us take a deep dive into paper-based materials. Matt and Anne-Marie cover sustainability and packaging materials daily for leading packaging publication, Packaging World. Paper is one of the oldest package material types still in use today, and humans have been reusing paper as far back as 11th century Japan. As companies strive to make their products more sustainable, many are moving back to paper because it is justly perceived as highly sustainable. Anne-Marie and Matt talk about some of the different ways paper-based packaging is being utilized and also break down exactly how reusable paper is. And the answer might surprise you. Let's jump right in. So with all the fancy introductions out of the way, welcome back to the podcast, Matt Reynolds and Anne-Marie Mohan. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me, Sean. Welcome, Anne-Marie. It's a pleasure to be here. The pleasure, as always, is all mine. Today, we are talking paper-based recycling. And paper, to me, seems like if it's not the oldest package, packaging type, it, it, it has to be one of the oldest. I can just picture... You know, the person going into the general store and picking the thing off the shelf, guy wraps it up in paper and that's their their package to go out the door. So I guess now that we're kind of seeing it kind of come back everywhere, it seems like we've gotten away from paper and now we're getting back into it. I have to imagine a reason that we got away from it at a lot of levels was because of some of the limitations with regards to what could go in it, like liquids and oils and things like that. So I guess if you could, we could just start with talking about what some of the limitations were and how they're being overcome. Absolutely. You're right about that. Um, as packaging evolved, they started adding a lot of polyethylene coatings to keep out the moisture and adding different uh, barriers to that packaging for shelf life and uh, other functionalities. But companies are really uh, in their quest to be more sustainable, moving to paper in areas where we would never have thought possible. Uh, one recent story that I reported on, which was really fascinating, was uh, Nestle in the UK. They're, they have a very popular product and I haven't had it myself, but I believe it's kind of like an M&M. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called Smarties, and uh, it's a huge brand over there. Very iconic brand, very iconic packaging. And in the past, like a um, like you would have an M and M's package, uh, it was flow wrapped. That was one of their main packages, and their goal was to move from plastic to paper. And they have 419 SKUs in all wow. different types of packages, uh, but the flow wrap was a big one, 
and their goal was to move to paper and have the same shelf life, functionality, etc. In addition, they wanted to be able to continue to run it at the same speeds that they were able to run uh, their plastic packaging. So this took uh, several years of development. They were able to make that change. So now they're using a paper package with um, with a water-based coating. Okay. So they can, uh, you know, it, it's not uh, affected by the environment, et cetera, just like plastic would be. And then with some of their other packaging, uh, they had to uh, redesign the formats, uh, but tried to keep it as close to what people were used to just because it is very iconic. But that's a great example of a huge shift from Absolutely. plastic to paper. And didn't, you, didn't they, I'm sorry to interrupt. Didn't they go from like a, a tube style to like a hexagonal tube in some of the, the Smarties? Yes. Yeah, that was an issue. I remember seeing that where you got to balance something that people are used to seeing. Right. That's what I, my question was. Is they Did they kind of segue to it or was it just like an abrupt shift or kind of alongside it type deal? How did they, they lay that out from, I guess, a marketing or a whatever standpoint? Any idea? Was it a an addition or a complete move? It was a complete move across wow, the board. Yeah, that's bold. Good for them. And it's bold. I mean, you mentioned trying to keep up the same speeds. That's really... Uh, I mean, when you make this kind of shift, you're not just shifting one thing, you're shifting upstream and downstream. So think about uh, another example that uh, it's another European example uh, is a Mars company, Mars uh, out of the UK, but this is a, a biscuit or a cracker or a cookie. I'm not exactly sure. Somewhere in that milieu is called Bolisto, really popular in Germany, I guess. It's like a chocolate covered graham cracker kind of right. thing. Um, and they had similar flow wrap packaging uh, that they were using. So they had a pretty big installed base of equipment that was flow wrapping large volumes of this stuff. So when they made the decision or to go to paper, to go to a paper-based flow wrap, you know, they didn't want to have to gut the entire packaging operation. So uh, they worked with uh, Syntagon in this case, um, uh, it, who put together basically a retrofit for flow wrapping machines. So okay. it's like a, almost an off-the-shelf kind of thing where existing uh, flow wrapping machines, existing install base can be used to make the switch to a paper-based printed roll stock, um, which is, of course is a huge cost savings and then do so without losing the speed of production. Uh, and then paper couldn't have done this before because right. now there's, like you mentioned, there's either water-based or mineral-based frequently uh, um, uh, barriers that are used with in conjunction. I don't know what it was in this case exactly. I know there was a lot of trial and error to get the right paper because that graham cracker and the interior could get a little, I, I guess, stale very easily. Shelf life was a concern. Right. But in ways paper hasn't been functional in that milieu before, it is now. And that's why you're seeing it kind of, it's encroaching on plastic and it's, it's encroaching everywhere, paper right. where you've never seen it before. And it's interesting that you note the Syntagon. So now you're talking about, which is Often what we hear is a problem, not a problem, but one of the difficulties with sustainable uh, type initiatives is that y you have to get the OEM involved um, because we're dealing, as we we've said, with machines that might be 20, 30 years old. So they have this retrofit now. So I have to think this exists now if there's other people that are thinking to go down that path that they know now, hey, this is something that's possible. You can get a retrofit for these machines we've used forever to now deal with paper. Yeah, we're seeing it on, I mean... Paper Blister is another big one. Um, Pack Expo a few uh, months ago, I, I can't remember if it was uh, Las Vegas or the uh, the Philadelphia show, 
uh, I think it was Las Vegas, but uh, Rower and Starview are coming out are together with a, with a paper blister, which is ostensibly a blister pack. Imagine batteries hanging up as you're going down the supermarket checkout oh, line okay, or something yeah, like that. I was, when you're saying blister, I was thinking like a pill and I'm trying to figure out similar. how you do it. Okay, yeah, similar, doing but, but with uh, yeah, paper. Okay. Luckily, this isn't pharmaceuticals in this right. case, but you know, batteries might be mm -hmm. a good, you know, I think Energizer, I can't remember if it was Duracell or Energizer, sure. uh, was a big splash product not too long ago. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, it's ostensibly the the back card would be supplemented with almost like a thermal formed window kind of holding the product that can now all be paper and it can be done on the same machine. You're essentially thermal forming paper wow. where I don't know what the technique is exactly, right. but it uses similar molds and similar. So uh, based on the same equipment with some sort of retrofit, uh, you know, Rover and Starview have been able to do something like that. And they're not the only ones. I know Sunoco is doing something like that. Um, uh, so you'll be seeing, uh, and it's, it's, for, it's for products that don't necessarily need a barrier right. uh, in this case. So I, I mentioned ba batteries, we could talk about pens or, you know, razor blade, you know, these kinds of things. Uh -huh. uh, and they can get away with either just like a cutout window. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. With something like a battery, do you, you don't really need to see... You don't need to see yeah. it, and, you, and in fact, you really want a battery nice and wrapped up. Exactly. You know? But for like, say, a pen, like I'm holding a pen now that's got a, like a, a nifty little uh, rubber. Sure. Somebody might want to you know, touch that and see what the right. hand feel is going to be like. So uh -huh. maybe a, maybe a small window can accomplish that with just a die cut cutout. And, right. And that could be a, you know, a paper blister and something like Interesting. that. Interesting. So yeah. It I'd, I'd never puts a lot of onus on the, on the printed, on the printed nature of it. So if they need to demonstrate what's in the pack without a, a clear window, without uh -huh. transparency, then you need to be able to print on the pack, which paper is able to accept too, you know, and a lot of difficult, you can beautifully print on it. So. Very cool. So I guess we've we've kind of hit some food things and we've hit some non-food things and that it seems to me the one that uh, that we haven't not that we haven't but we haven't touched on is liquids like how about it is there ways that we can get paper involved with whether it's beverages whether it's I don't know cooking oils whether it's basically any sorts of things that would be more you know have moisture involved well you can and the the, the easiest way is in the secondary packaging, honestly. So okay. it, it bears mentioning anyways that you're seeing uh, what used to be the purview of plastic completely in let's say like a six pack, uh, you know, a six pack can ring oh, God, or something yeah, like one, that, mm -hmm. uh, or a multi-packs, uh, you know, consider a shrink wrap multi-pack of tuna cans yep. or, or any of these kind of secondary packaging. Uh, you're starting to see paper there quite frequently. Uh, there's a couple examples, a uh, keel clip from uh, graphic packaging, Westrox got a few, uh, quite a few different uh, similar, uh, whether it can handles themselves or a multi-pack kind of, um, uh, I think in the case of Heinz beans. So that's pretty robust. Yeah, heavy, that's a heavy can. can. So mm -hmm. maybe four cans of beans. I can't remember, maybe a single line of, uh, of four, a single line of three. So the paper has to be virgin paper in this case. They're always doing the, you know, the forestry, um, certified right. uh, to make sure that, it, you know, it's, it's sustainable, it's renewable. Uh, but, uh, you know, there is some degradation of paper after recycling. The fibers get shorter. Uh, it doesn't have quite as much strength. But if you're holding cans of beans or cans of tuna, you know, the, the, you're seeing paper in areas where the shrink multi-packs uh, aren't there anymore. And the can handles, like can carriers, like there was just a big project project with Westrock and Modelo and Corona down in, in Mexico, I believe, that's going on right now. And there was another one, fish, fishbone, fishbone uh, from Atlantic packaging that's fairly new. And the interesting, uh, one interesting aspect of that is that they worked in conjunction. Well, they first developed the uh, can holder, multi pack holder, 
And then they went to SERPA to okay. help them engineer the equipment. So I think there are eight or 11 different models, depending on the speed that you want to go. And there are a couple different types of this fishbone carrier. And it's also made of paperboard and it's covered with a water-based coating. So it is recyclable. Yeah, these water-based uh, coatings, or you can go the right, you mentioned liquids, uh, you know, more specifically contact with, uh, we're seeing some thermal form trays. So consider it's not quite liquid, but, right. uh, you know, let's say a, a salmon filet or something yeah, like okay, that. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. So that's something that we're seeing what used to be a fully plastic thermal form mm -hmm. can go to the paper-based thermal form. Now, there's usually, there's obviously some sort of liner there. There right. has to be a liner that acts as the barrier. You can't just use the, the, the liquid or the, um, the water-based uh, sealant there. Uh, but, you know, there's ways that the consumer can remove the liner and then two different waste streams, one for the right. paper. And then there's the 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 paper-based uh, thermal form tray is performing the function of you know protection and, and carrying the, the product itself and you're using that much less plastic so instead of the full thermal form tray you just have that liner with the lidding that can be you know map modified right. atmosphere it could be a skin pack vacuum skin pack um, so you're starting to see uh, these layers thin layers of of some sort of plastic material act as the barrier and, and that gets you into even the the, the, the craziest, in my opinion, is would be the paper bottle. Yeah. So the actual, we're talking liquids, not just. Yeah, the, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. I, I do too. The, the, the real pioneer <laughs> here, I, I think, has been Ecologic. Okay. Uh, and we've done some stories with them. Um, there's been some more recent. I just got an email this morning about a uh, project out of Stockholm, but it's a tequila based uh, paper board. I haven't, or excuse me, paper bottle. And these are using molded pulp rather than, um, it's not like a, necessarily a, a, a cardstock kind mm -hmm. of situation. Sure. This is like a thermal formed pulp around then some sort of liner or bladder that might be on the interior. Uh, we're seeing it pop up in, in airports even, you know, where. Well, you, now that you're saying that, like I, I know I've seen in, and I've CVS the, the, a box of water. And I mean, for lack of a better, like how much of that is in line? I mean, I guess there has to be some liner in it, but for the majority that's, some paper-based or yeah, the, paper-based. Yeah, we're seeing bag in box quite a, quite frequently uh, in for whether it's detergents and so on, but also, yeah, water or or there's even applications in in craft beer and so on, um, where you're just reducing the total amount of plastic use. Right. There still has to be some because obviously it'll be one soggy box if you fill it with yeah. liquid. <laughs> uh, but uh, but these are all applications where you're you're using all the great structural properties of paper mm -hmm. and be able to to contain something and lightweight and, and something that's easily recyclable with right. a limited amount of uh, plastic footprint on the inside. That right. kind of answered the question too, because as we're talking about paper, what I'm thinking is the earliest days of when recycling first started becoming a thing that it, I seem to remember recall, and this is going to date a lot of us, but um, really the first things I remember being recycled were your newspapers and the, the people would put their stack of newspapers out at the curb. So I would imagine that paper was obviously kind of early in the recycling um, stream. So that's already sort of built up as something that now can these be thrown in with that or will it, like you said, certain barriers would have to be removed or for the most part. Depends on the, depends on the application. Right. It's, the it's, 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 yeah. It depends on also, I mean, consider the pizza box that you get. Always. Never know what to do with <laughs> no, it because there's either. oil that gets and on you there. You guys should know. So, well, yeah, but in the case of the liner, I know <laughs> the ideal situation is the consumer removes the liner. And a lot of these uh, thermal form trays, what is it? Uh, uh, 
graphic packaging is doing that. What used to be AR packaging, now part of graphic right. packaging. They're doing a lot of these trays that are, you know, that the consumer then removes the thin okay. barrier liner. And then the external portion is, of course, then fully recyclable. Right. But, you know, of course, in the fog of war of cooking, you know, something could happen, you know, but that's the ideal that they're right. going for. And I, I believe that uh, there is technology available now with the paper bottle they're developing that coating that will allow okay. the bottle uh, for liquids, as you were talking really? about, and then in the case of Smarties, because it's a water-based coating, it is fully recyclable. So there are examples of that already that can go with your regular Very nice. paper stream. So do we have a consensus, a consensus amongst the three of us about the pizza box? <laughs> do we know <laughs> what we're supposed we don't know what we're supposed to be. So I thought that that would be one way thing that we could leave you with, but we also are still trying to figure out which stream to put our pizza box in. If it comes from Zoom, yes, which is the, a company, Z U M E, Z U M E, then you're able to get your Pizza Hut pizza in a, in a box that you can then recycle. So I have to eat a Pizza Hut pizza. Unfortunately, we're here in Chicago and you're stuck with Pizza Hut. Yeah. So we might still, so we'll get back to you. We're going to have a separate podcast on what to do exactly with pizza boxes because we're all still very confused about, unless you have the old, old school ones that are just the cardboard without any liner, then they can just be thrown away. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Anne-Marie, for coming on here. It was a fun time as always, and I'm sure we got some great information out there. We're sorry about not being able to solve the pizza box riddle, but we can't fix everything. Thanks a lot for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, Go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.